0: Yeah, welcome to the Nextcloud podcast. With me today is Björn Schiesler. Uh, hi, Björn. Hello, Ingo. Uh, nice having you. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do you do here? Um, we are today in the headquarters of Nextcloud, so we're in Stuttgart. And I saw there are, I don't know, five, six guys of you here located in Stuttgart, and the rest is uh, working at home, I think. Yeah,
1: what, what, what do you do? Yes, we have five, um, four people here. It depends a little bit, um, on the days, how many people are here. Um, yeah, I'm working at Nextcloud since the, the first days. I co-founded it together with, um, a bunch of, I think, five to eight people. So we were a quite big group when we started Nextcloud. And at the beginning, I worked as a software engineer. So I developed many parts of Nextcloud, mostly on the server side, back-end area. Um, And now since around one year, I'm working as a sales engineer. So I'm dealing a little bit more with customers, help them to get Nextcloud set up and running in a way that it solves their needs.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Why did you switch? Was there... uh, Did you think, okay... I? I, yeah, something new, I start something new, or what, what did you make, or it, uh, coding is not interesting anymore, <laughs> let's do something else?
1: Yeah, I, I mean I did coding for um, large parts of my life, not only at Nextcloud, but also before and when I was young as a student, I contributed to a lot of um, free software projects already. So I did coding for really a long time and it still makes a lot of fun, of course. Um, but during the years, I um, get more and more involved also with customer projects, doing workshops and stuff like this. And, and I felt that this is an area which um, also makes a lot of fun t- um, to me and which I like to do more. And so I decided that after many years of coding, it's time to, to do a switch and do something a bit different.
0: Okay, so what does a sales engineer do
1: um, day to day? Yes, um, we are involved in the whole pre-sales process. So we are getting in contact with the customers before they, um, sign their contract and becoming a real customer. So if they, um, looking at Nextcloud and seeing this is a a nice um, solution which might fit their needs, they typically contact us. And then they get in contact with one of our pre-sales engineers quite quickly and then we will discuss with them what's their need, what problems they want to solve, maybe what solution they use at the moment they want to replace. And then we walk with them through their use cases and find out um, how they can solve the problems with Nextcloud, show them how they can integrate in their existing environment because of course that's one of the huge strengths of Nextcloud. Um, you don't have to replace everything you have. But um, you can keep your data, for example, where they are. You can keep your user management where it is. And Nextcloud integrates in your existing environment. So that's what we help the customer to figure out. How can Nextcloud be integrated there and how they can get the most out of it?
0: Mm-hmm. So do you go to the customer? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, or is this per, per Skype? Uh, video chat,
1: or how do we talk with them? It depends. Luckily, we have our own um, video conferencing solution, NextCloud Talk. So we prepared for for everything. And of course, it depends on the customers. We have customers all over the world. So um, often this happens over phone calls, over NextCloud Talk, over video conferencing, but of course, um, it also happens um, regularly that you directly go to the customer and meet them on site because at some point this just makes sense to to meet on site and have a one-to-one um, conversation with them. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you're going around the world uh, to the customer, or is this just Europe? Or um, yeah.
1: Most of the time it's, it's Europe and it would even say that, um, most of the time it's, it's Germany. We are, um, three, um, pre-sales engineers. So we also split up the work a little bit so that everybody goes to the customers where, which are close to them. Um, so, um, most of the time it's luckily Germany. Um, but it also happens that I travel to countries, um, in Europe or even outside of Europe. Yeah.
0: Mm. And, um, then the customer says, okay, I like this solution. Um, um, let's do a license or a, not a license, a, a support contract. Uh, what ha- happens then? Then you are out or... Is there afterwards?
1: Uh, you still uh, in contact with the customer? Yeah, we are mostly in the contact with the customer um, at, the, at the beginning. So, how, as I said, we figure out together how Nextcloud can solve their um, needs and how they can deploy Nextcloud in their organizations to to do what they want to do. Then, of course, we are um, to help them to go through all the setup process until it runs. Often there's a proof of concept in the beginning, which we also help them and then ask, ask answer questions during this proof of concept. And then there's typically a, a, a time span typically two, one, two months um, after they went live, where we still have a real close contact to them, where just some, some questions came up um, after they went live, often some small things, which they like to contact us directly and ask the questions and we have them to, to answer them and to solve them. But then it goes, um, into a, the normal, um, life cycle of, of a customer. Let's put it this way. Then they have as main contact, the account manager, um, which, um, takes care about them. And for the typical support questions, we have our support engineers, our support portal where they, um, contact and the people first. So my main work lies in, in the early stage, um, um, where the customer comes to us and where we help them to, to, um, figure out the stuff out.
0: Okay. And are there interesting challenges, uh, with the customers? So I don't know. Maybe someone has a interesting storage solution. Nobody else has, or are they mainly, um, yeah, contacting to, to an LDAP or AD or, uh,
1: yeah. This depends um, on the customer. There are a lot of customers, um, luckily, which um, have a quite basic setup. So there's really just the, the general questions, how to connect it to an LDAP, how yeah. to connect it to an Um, storage um, uh, normal storage and then how to set it up in a scalable way so um, that it works for them but of course we also have customers who have some quite special and challenging setups we really have some really special user management which nobody else has some Mm. special storage and of course then it becomes also more interesting because then you have to find solutions how to integrate it there Um, then we also sometimes do professional service projects with the customer this means that we do custom development especially for them um, to um, make this integration possible or also develop some additional feature they need to to make all the things work so these are of course the more interesting customers from from my perspective because it's just not a standard setup then
0: Mm-hmm. And then you are in contact with the developers uh, developing for these special
1: needs. Exactly. Then I'm basically in the middle between the customer and the developer. So I talk with the customer, find out what they need, what they exactly need. Um, and then I discuss with our engineers how we can solve it, if we can solve it. And then I, the intermediate guy between the customer and, and engineering to, to make the whole project um, success.
0: Mm -hmm. And if there are special requests uh, afterwards, uh, is the source code uh, open sourced and everybody
1: else can use it? Yes, Nextcloud um, by default everything is open source, Um, so also if we do custom development, the customer gets the whole source code under the same license as Nextcloud itself is licensed. In most cases, it even goes back into the normal Next out product. So if, if it's not something really special, of course, if it's a really special user management, which only this customer has, then it doesn't make sense to put it into the normal version. But as soon as it's a feature a functionality, which makes also might make also sense for other people, then we try to get this to, into the normal product so that we have the normal maintenance um, life cycle, like for all the other stuff. Um, So this depends a little bit on the feature, how it's handled at the end. But the customer always gets everything from us under a free software license. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Before you got the sales jobs, uh, you did uh, quite some developing on your own. And uh, the most part, as I remember, was, was a federation stuff. Um so that Nextcloud could talk to other Nextclouds, right?
1: Yes, exactly. I mean Nextcloud, um if you look at what Nextcloud is, if you go one step back for a second, um Nextcloud enables you right to have this um at the beginning it was more of a file sync and share solution these days it's more a collaboration platform, but it allows you to have this um, for your own. So you have it in your own organization or if you're a home user you have it in your own basement or at at your own um, small server. And there you can do all all the stuff we yeah, are used from this big um, monolithic um, global players, which um, offers you also cloud storage collaboration platforms. Um, so, Google or. Exactly. Drop or the thingy. Books. Or the other thing people know. And, and, uh, and ah, use.
0: There, there's, 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 something from, from this, uh, company from, from US, uh,
1: Redmond things.
0: Yeah, I know. It. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's true. So, so you
1: can set, you can use Nextcloud, set it up in, in, as I said, in a company or for your own, and you have all this functionality. And this works typically nice as long as you work for your own or in your own organization or if you do it as a home user with your own family or your five friends or something. Um, but of course, if you want to connect to people outside of your organization, for example, you have a collaboration with another company and you share documents um, often, then um, you realize that, OK, now we created some kind of Iceland islands because we have our next cloud, they have our next cloud and it works for us independently. But, um, how do we collaborate in this huge monolithic systems from Google, Microsoft, and so on? There, everybody is always connected to everybody. So you can easily share over their documents. But by default, this doesn't work with Nextcloud, right? Because everybody has his own, um, Island Nextcloud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where Cloud Federation comes in. This allows you then to connect from one Nextcloud to another Nextcloud. So you can share a document for a user completely transparent to from one Nextcloud to another Nextcloud and collaborate with the people and share documents so that you um, cross the borders between the the different Nextcloud instances and connect them all together.
0: Okay, so it's not just a public link, I mean, that's also possible, right? I can uh, put uh, a file or a document in my cloud and then share it with others by a public link. But uh, what you're talking about is more, much more. So it's like both uh, or more than two uh, next clouds are interconnected
1: with each other. Exactly. I mean, interestingly, technically, it's not that... uh, that a huge difference between a public link and this very cloud sharing. But from the user experience, it's a huge difference. Um, because as you said, it's not just sending a public link around. This would be easy. But um, in the normal share dialogue, if you go to your next cloud and you um, select a file and want to share it with someone, you typically can um, select a local user or local group. And there you then can also address users on another next cloud. It's similar like an email address. You can address, for example, ingo at and then your next cloud URL. And then um, what then will happen in the background, my Nextcloud will send over an invitation to your Nextcloud and will tell you, um, Bjorn has a document, he wants to share it with you, and then you can decide if you want to accept it or decline it. And if you accept it, it gets mounted as a WebDAV mount um, to your Nextcloud, and it will show up in your normal file listing as a normal file or folder, your sync clients will start to sync it. You will access; will be able to access it with your mobile devices. So for you, it will um, show up completely transparent, like a local file, or like it would be shared from someone who is on your own instance. And of course, you can even go one step further if you want; don't want to enter this um, federated cloud ID, how we call it, so this email-like thing. Um, we also have ways to exchange. Um, the, the metadata of the user, so the display names and stuff like this, so that you can really auto-complete the user. So that I, I don't have to know it. you are Ingo at um, some cryptical URL, but I just can type in your name, and Nextcloud will automatically find you and auto-complete you and will suggest to share the document with you, even if you are on a completely different Nextcloud.
0: But then I need these trusted uh, servers, right? So uh,
1: I need to set up that both clouds know each other? Okay, there are two two mechanisms. One is this trusted server mechanism, exactly, where two or more clouds can decide that they trust each other, and then they will sync their address books, and then you can auto the people. Another thing is we have a lookup server in Nextcloud, which is a central component. It's like a phone book, um, like the good old phone book, where people can opt in, decide that they want to be listed on this phone book. And then you can also, if you go to a share dialog, you can say, I want to search a user now on this public phone book. And if you published your um, location and your name on the phone book, um, I can find you and can directly share with you. Is this
0: something an administrator has to choose for you? Or if I have a Nextcloud, uh, I'm a Nextcloud user for from, I, I don't know, uh, a semi-big company, um, do Can I do it on my own? So can I say, okay, in my my settings dialogue, yes, I wanted to be listed, or is it something that uh, the administrator of the next cloud
1: has to do? There are two levels. Um, one level is that if the administrator don't want that this happens ever on his next cloud, he can disable it for the complete next cloud, and mm-hmm. then nobody can do it. But by default, it's just enabled, um, and then every user can choose by their own what they want to publish on this address book. So if you go to your personal settings, you see there all the information about you, your avatar, your display name, your email address, your Twitter handle, and, and much more. And then there is a small um, dialogue where you can decide for every of these attributes, um, how do you want to handle them? Should they be public available? Should they be seen by an internal next cloud users or by nobody? And if you choose for some of these parameters that they should be public available, then they will give, be published together with your federated cloud ID to this lookup server. Ah,
0: okay. So before you said um, the one server uh, sends a message to another and then I get to accept or decline, um, this invitation, where do I see it? Do I see it in, in the web browser or also in the client? I'm, or do I get an email saying, okay, someone sent you a, a file?
1: How does this work? This uh, next out server, there's a notification created. So this will show up in the web interface. But this notification are also sent out to all our clients. So you will also get a notification on your desktop client if you have it running or on your mobile devices. And also directly can um, act on this notification on your device. So there will be directly two buttons except the client. So you don't have to go to the browser first to, to um, see this invitation and to act on it. Mm-hmm.
0: And the... Data. Let's say someone uh, sends me a big video or audio file. Is this completely transferred to my next cloud, or is the data just by the next cloud from the guy uh, sending me the link? Yeah. So, that's... so uh, is it is it duplicated mm-hmm. or quadrupled or something, or is it just one file on uh, this next cloud and? I have magically a link and sees it uh, as it is my own, but
1: it's not. Yeah. The, the, the files always stays um, at the owner. So we don't copy the files over to your next cloud or duplicate them. So we just create a, a, a link to it. It's what I said before with this webdav mount. So we basically we mount another storage which is somewhere else to to your next cloud. So it will be there show up and you can access it. But every time you exit it, it will be um, fetched from the owner's um location. So we never copy the files over to do you or mm-hmm. duplicate them.
0: Okay. So if the owner deletes
1: it, it's deleted everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the owner still has the full control over it. And the owner can also, like for internal shares, of course, um, define the permissions you have. So they can give you, for example, read-only permissions of the, for the file or the folder or read-write permissions. And so the owner stays always in control of his own files, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: And as an administrator, uh, I can also disable these federations altogether, right? If I don't want that my users share anything
1: with anybody, (laughs) I can forbid it. Yeah, we have quite fine-grained settings there. So you can forbid it completely, but you can also decide, for example, as an administrator, you want to allow incoming federated shares, but not outgoing federated shares, or the other way around. So you really can define as an administrator, to a real detailed level what you want to allow and what you don't want to allow. Mm-hmm. Okay, um
0: how I, I mean um, you designed this federation right is is it somewhere explained how it should work completely so is so there I think I saw one one's, uh, a paper explaining all the technical
1: uh, stuff behind it. Yeah, um, how this cloud version started out as really something which we did by our own. So as I described before, the problem we set, we saw with this, um different islands, which are no longer connected to each other. And then we thought about how to solve it. And then we came up with this idea and developed this from scratch, basically. So at the beginning, it was really just our code, where it was implemented, but um, as you can imagine, quickly a lot of other um, organizations and also other other products become interested in, in this technology. So um, these days, it, we're trying to make this some kind of an open standard. Um, this is now um, also part of the Cheon um Initiative. That's the European uh, European um, Science grid. Science Education, yes, yeah. ne- Research Network. Um, where all the universities and education net, um, institutes come together, and um, it's called now Open Cloud Mesh, the, the specification. And under this name, together with all these other partners, um, we try also to, de- to standardize it and to develop this further. And there you can also find a uh, public documentation about the API, how it should work, and how you what you have to do if you want to implement. This. In your own um, product.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's not only used by Nextcloud, it should then be used by
1: many many more products exactly it's the idea is that everybody who wants to implement it can implement it and join then the cloud federation uh, really funny what i found i uh, was last year at the at a conference with with all the universities and there was also dropbox um, who gave a talk and after his talk the, the dropbox guy came to me and was really interested in this federal cloud id so he thought that maybe even dropbox um, would be interested in joining this which I think would of course be a huge um, thing, right? If yeah. Dropbox would open up their their own um, sharing and would say we federate with Nextcloud and all the other solutions out there. I mean, it's still a, a long way, um, but I find it interesting that they came to us and, and asked us, hey, if it's possible that we can join this um, initiative
0: okay yeah that's that's really interesting and is there uh at the moment another project or open source project uh interesting in in this uh how was it called open cloud um, mesh open cloud mesh, cl- open yeah. cloud mesh. Yeah. okay yeah.
1: I mean, at the moment, uh, the, the the main implementation is is the Nextcloud. I think we are also still the only one who have installed uh, implemented the latest version of this this API. But of course, there are other solutions who have already also implemented this, uh, at least in the older version of the of the current um, API. Um, for example, um, of course, OwnCloud. That's where all the development started. Um, when we started, this was the OwnCloud. Um, and um um, has it implemented um c file is interested to implement it we talk regularly with them and see how we can make it happen but but they have some technical challenges so for them it's technically not that easy to implement it Mm -hmm. but yeah there is a a growing number of um, projects who are interested in in implementing this
0: and and uh, security wise how is it uh, is there just tls certificates uh, involved or is there a bit more i mean okay if i uh, choose to collaborate uh, with i don't know projects or next clouds or clouds even in in asia in asia or in uh, in africa or i don't know maybe uh, i don't want everything unencrypted there so how is how is the security of this uh, mesh yeah federation? The,
1: the transferation of the, the the transfer of the data always happens of course over https so that's um, secured by 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 ssl um of course you always have the challenge that um the data which arrives then at the other end should be readable at the other end so you can just um transfer encrypted data, which the other end are not able to encrypt because then mm-hmm. it would be useless. So the data has to be arrived at the other end in an unencrypted way. So the only thing we can do is to encrypt the transport layer, um, which of course is always the case. And federated sharing also only works with HTTPS. So if you try to do a federated share to a, to a next cloud instance, which runs um, without SSL, you will not be able to send a federated share there. So we make sure that it's always encrypted, the transport um, layer and yeah, beside that, we have, of course, uh, on the API level, we have some security measurements, like for, for example, API rate limits, so that you can, some, not someone can spam you with a federated share request or something like this. And if it comes to this exchange of this user directories, which we talked about earlier, there we have a st- additional uh, measurement, because there we, um, at the beginning, the two Nextcloud servers who want to exchange their um, use directory, they do in a three-way handshake, they exchange a shared secret. And then the shared secret is always used to uh, um, authenticate against each other to make sure that you can only get the um, user data from this other Nextcloud if you are really authenticated against the, them and you are really exchanged together this the shared secret. Mm-hmm. So not the random people can go to a Nextcloud server and in some way ask for the, the user directory and get it.
0: Okay, so um yeah, that there isn't not ju- yeah, I can't go to just the next cloud and say, uh, user listing, please exactly. uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh, uh, all all the people using this next cloud um and how is your, your we talked about the central phone book, how is this secured? Is this also
1: just the next cloud uh, or is this another in, in technology? From a technology perspective, it's quite similar. It's also a PHP and web um, service, um, but it's not. It's, it does not run in Nextcloud. So it's a complete um, own small web service. service. And as I said, the idea is to to act like a public phone book. Um, so there are no way of or no special way of encryption. So if you would say you want to publish your information there, they are there, and everybody can can ask the phone book for this information, like you can go to a normal physical phone book and just open it and, and look up some users. So um, that's um, n- no, not really encrypted or secured in some way. What is um, secured is the way we publish stuff there, and to make sure that if you publish your information and you say you are Ingo, that you are really Ingo. For example, if you publish your email address, you will get a verification email back, and you have to click a link so that um, the, the lookup server knows that it's really, it's, it's really you and not someone uses your email address mm-hmm. to fake your your identity. Yeah. Same if you can, for example, also publish your your Twitter handle so that people can find you with the Twitter handle, and there we do something similar like Keybase does. We basically the lookup server sends you um, uh, a special string which you should publish on your on your Twitter um, account um, with a nice match say "I'm now". You can share documents with me under this and this URL, and then there is some encrypted hash um, next to it. And a lookup server will verify if this was posted on your Twitter account before um, you will be connected to this Twitter account. Okay.
0: And if I decide to de-publish my information, that's also
1: possible, right? Exactly. As soon as you go to your personal settings, where you can change the visibility of all these parameters. um, If you change one of these parameters from public available to just internally, um, there will be sent another request to lookup server to remove this information again.
0: Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Björn, that you explained to us what a sales engineer is, is doing here at Nextcloud and uh, yeah, how this federation works and, and uh, how we can interact between Nextcloud or maybe uh, even Dropbox ones uh, in the future.
1: Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was a pleasure.